Hi, I'm Gabby. My pronouns are she, her. I'm a senior library assistant and my celebrity birthday buddy is Gina Rodriguez. Hello, I'm Amanda. My pronouns are she, her. I'm a children's librarian and my celebrity birthday buddy is Michelle Trachtenberg. Hi, I'm Brittany. My pronouns are she, her. I'm a library supervisor and my celebrity birthday buddy is Katherine Heigl. And this is the Ask Us Desk. We are the Ask Us Desk. We are three library professionals who are here to answer your questions about libraries, librarians, books, and anything else. We would love to hear from you. You can reach us uh, via email at ask us, no, not at, because that's not how email works, uh, <laughs> askuspod at gmail.com um, or on social media at askuspod on Twitter and Instagram. And if you'd like to join us in our year-long reading challenge, you can um, share what you're reading for the different prompts on Twitter and Instagram. Tag us at those at, at AskUsPod. You can also use the hashtag AskUsReadingChallenge. And we also have the reading challenge on the story graph. And you should get on there because they are a lot better than Goodreads. Yeah, and so we are doing different prizes throughout the year for uh, people who participate in the challenge um, and each pro sorry each prompt for the episode uh, we do give um, book recommendations and today's episode is for the prompt uh, birthday buddy yeah and I will also say that I think our next giveaway is September 30th and we have some submissions like they've kind of been building up you know the people who didn't win over the course of the mm -hmm. year we're still including your name in the drawing um, I think we have about four or five. Um, I yeah, do so you know a good chance of winning. Yeah, a good <laughs> chance of winning. And um, I think I know all the people personally. Who <laughs> 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 so thank you, my friends, for listening to the podcast and posting. Did you see Jen? She's yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, I saw hey, Jen. Jen. Thanks, Jen. Hi, Jen. My, my friend Cassie, she she posted one. So um, and my friend Jessica posted one a long time ago. So, but yeah, as you still have pretty good odds if you haven't submitted yet. I need to transition to Storygraph. I've been working on that this weekend. It was surprisingly easy. I downloaded my uh, spreadsheet from Goodreads and then I just uploaded that to Storygraph and it transferred over all the ratings and the dates and everything. It was pretty magical. Yeah, I've been trying to clean up my Storygraph because. I have so many books on my to reads on Goodreads that I really don't care about anymore. So I've been cleaning that up and adding the all the books that I own because you can now on Storygraph select if you own it. You just mm. choose Mark is owned and I've been doing that this weekend. So we should probably explain what birthday buddy prompt yes. is. And I, the idea of this prompt is that you read somebody who is born around or on your birthday you know we're thinking like maybe we give it the whole month kind of leeway there and so what we're going to do for this episode is we're when we get to that part we're going to go through each month and we're each going to recommend an author who was born in that month mm -hmm. but first uh do we want to have some chit chat oh chit chat chit chat <laughs> i haven't done the chit chat song for like the last two episodes and it's back ha -cha 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 -cha. <laughs> the world kind of sucks still mm. <laughs> an update it's yeah. just in <laughs> this breaking news um i still have been using fall and shopping as a coping mechanism so that's that's good for me right yeah <laughs> the hesitation <laughs> from both of you there <laughs> everything in moderation right what is moderation? I, what is this you speak of? Yeah, you're, before your whole um, home is taken over by the tiny spooky village that you've bought, <laughs> I think <laughs> if you could like contain it to a room <sighs> or like spreads to like multiple rooms and then you've got like a whole yeah. universe going on. Yeah. No, you do what you want. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know about that. But, uh, okay. <laughs> I know Gabby bought her first piece of Halloween stuff. What is it? I did. I did. Oh, I should have brought it up here. I could have at least showed you guys. So I went to Joanne's yesterday and my, uh, the intent of my mission was to find 
specifically purple heart-shaped sprinkles, which is not spooky related, but it was for a friend's uh, birthday cake. I was successful, by the way. Thank you, Joanne's. But they also have a lot of Halloween stuff out, which props to them because what the hell, Target? Like, let's no. like let's get with it, Target. Target, what's happening? But yes, I found it's um it's a skull and it's pretty good size like again sorry listeners but like human uh, size skull yeah (laughs) (laughs) how about that (laughs) but he has a crow perched on top of his head and so the crow's name I've named him Edgar and then the skull's name is Alan um and so I will find them a friend to name Poe. I do have a, and I didn't buy him around Halloween time because, so this is why I don't count him as a Halloween decor. I have a little skeleton who lives in my front window on a table. Um, So people like when they come to the house or drop off packages, they can see him. And a lot of time I have him in costume, like seasonally themed costume. Um, Like I have a little fall sweater for him and I'm going to get like a little fake Starbucks cup um so he can and his name is Mortimer and so I'm gonna get another friend and have him call him Poe and and so yes thus it begins inspired by y'all and your Halloween shopping (laughs) join us one of us oh a bit of good news Um, our friend Amy her birthday was the other day and we had a little mini birthday party for her everybody was vaccinated there wasn't a huge group and she's a huge bts fan thus the purple heart sprinkles yes um and if you're a bts fan and they have you know that they do like fun like variety game show games and she themed it out to where we had to play different games that they have played on their variety shows and it was a lot of fun um they were just random things like you had to suck up, um, you had to, through a plastic straw, you had to like grab a Skittles and like put it onto a plate and then you had to put it on top of other, another straw. And there was, oh God, what was some other ones, Gabby? Uh, uh, the ping pong ball into the cup, which Brittany, yeah. you were the only winner of that game. <laughs> um, My beer pong days. <sighs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Uh, there was the slinging of the cards into a styrofoam block, which nobody was, won. Yeah, that was stupid. <laughs> that didn't work. Oh, the stick. The stick and the bottle caps. Yeah. yeah so, so if you're looking for just something like, and they were all cheap things that you could find. Most of the stuff people would have lying around their house. Um, she went and bought some stuff, but it was like just some fun nobody like we, no one drank or anything but we all were laughing and just joking around and stuff I, we all felt like we were drunk we were having so much fun <laughs> playing acting like little kids like trying to get, hit the caps off the the water bottles and make sure the water bottle didn't fall uh doing different <laughs> stuff um yeah so that was like a bit of yay this is light and just Aww. getting able to see people and do yeah stuff. yeah it's like i had never really listened to bts before but my coworker Warren was saying that like we were all like going around doing a children's librarians meeting and saying what was like our happy place right Aww. now. And he was like, permission to dance by BTS. I just put Aww. on the music video. So I went home and I got onto YouTube and I watched the music video and I was just like sobbing <laughs> because I don't know if you've seen the music video for that, Aww. but it's like, it's, so it's from their new album. Like, I don't know anything about them. This is like the first song I ever heard of them. But then I've, I've gone back and like listened to it a lot since then. But it it's like, the video is like a COVID type thing. Like they're all wearing masks and they're like, give yourself permission to dance. They like, you know, oh. take off the masks and they're like dancing around and stuff. And I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> to be happy. <laughs> I need to look that up. Well, I was going to say, speaking of sobbing, um, I don't know, I'm, I know you've seen it, Brittany. I don't know about you, Amanda, but um, Steve from Blues. That, Blues. That's what I was going to say. How? We, okay, we're sharing the same brain. Go ahead. Go. Same brain. <laughs> uh, yeah, he he came back for, I think it's the 25th. It is. It's the 25th anniversary of Blues Clues, which, okay, don't think about that part too hard. Um, mm-hmm. Steve showing up to like heal our, our trauma. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's proud of me. Okay, I look great. No one tell me anything. <laughs> 
Yeah, he looks great for it being 25 years later. And he was, I thought he, like, of course, when I was a little kid, I thought he looked really old. (laughs) He's he's 47 now. Oh, my Mm. God. Yeah, when I was a little kid, I was like, he is way too old. He's acting like a kid, but he looks like a grown-up person. Because, you know, he's like (laughs) 20-something or whatever. But I was like, he doesn't look that much older than I remember. (laughs) Because memory is weird, I guess. Now that I'm older, I'm like, he has to look older than me. So, yeah, I I was honestly surprised by uh, the fact that I teared up and started crying whenever I was watching it. I was like, okay, I, I knew I knew that the world sucked, and I knew that everyone's struggling right now, but I didn't know I was struggling this much. <laughs> but you needed that uh, Steve oh. from Blues Clues needed to address the nation. Yes. Yes. He looked at the world, saw the state of it, and he's like, I've got to do something. <laughs> I'm coming, y'all. If you want more snippets of joy, um, there are actually several videos with the three of them, um, Steve and Joe. And I was way out of the eight. I don't remember the the third host's name. I apologize yeah. for that. Um, but like the three of them, like watching stuff and react like from blues clues and reacting Mm. to it. And then there's another cute video where they're singing like to you, you were the viewer, but now you're the adult. And that also made me cry, uh, but in a, like a cathartic way. So, um, if you look up Nick Jr. on any social media, you can see some of these other videos, um, and just get that little serotonin boost going for you saw shang chi and the legend of the ten rings today i want to see saw that it too it was so good oh my god like immediately no like top three no i'm not gonna no no spoilers but it immediately shot to like the top three uh for me and love my like favorite marvel movies mm-hmm. um oh, wow and so i encourage you if you can do so safely like after the last movie we saw in theaters we said we weren't going to go back to a theater for a while and then i was like well i really want to support shang chi um because i think marvel kind of marvel slash disney kind of did it a little dirty as far as promoting it um as equally as it has done for other stuff in the past and so like we took masks and and Mm -hmm. actually it worked out no one else sat on our row it was great and it's just it was so good like Mm -hmm. so so good the cast was phenomenal the storytelling the visuals I loved the friendship dynamic between um Simu and Aquafina just like yes I love Aquafina she think I I think she's hilarious I love her show Nora from Queens and to watch it it's so funny And yeah, I loved her in uh, The Farewell and uh, her music is raunchy as hell, but it is hilarious too. All of her one-liners, like there was one thing where she was like, you changed your name from Sean to Sean. <laughs> but, like, it's, like, it's like changing your name from uh, Michael to Michael. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I was like, oh, I love her. It's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of humor, a lot of humor in it. She's just, she's amazing. And Simo's amazing. Like, oh my God. If you can't, if you can't go see it mm-hmm. or definitely like see it when it starts streaming or, mm-hmm. I mean, they do still make DVDs. So maybe buy one of those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, check it out from your local library. Oh Which- yeah. We work in a library. What are y'all currently reading right now? I'm not reading a dear thing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what's wrong with my brain recently, but last time I think I talked about this Poison Heart and how I was reading that. Mm -hmm. And I still have not finished that, even though it's a really good book. And I read most of it in like a day. And then then it just sat there and I picked up a bunch of other books from the library Mm -hmm. and I flipped through them and I started reading them and... I have a book for a book club that I'm supposed to be reading that I haven't started yet. And it's just, it's all crumbling around me. <laughs> I can't even listen to an audiobook before like getting distracted. So understandable. I feel like sometimes that just happens. Although mm-hmm. I am I am staring at Los Gatos Black on Halloween because it was stored with my Halloween stuff for some reason. What but, is it? Uh, it's one of my favorite picture books. It's um, called Los Gatos Black on Halloween. 
Oh. And it's by Marissa Montes and illustrated by um, Yui Morales. Um, mm -hmm. And it's a Pura Bell Prix award winner from a while ago. Um, but it's like the quintessential Halloween book. And it's one of my favorites. I don't know why I just, like packed it away with my Halloween stuff, like it's Halloween decor. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when I was unpacking it, I was like, oh yeah, this book. Um, so yeah, I was flipping through that it's a picture book. I, I have been reading a lot of picture books, all of the new, um, I put all the new Halloween picture books on hold and was like, and read some of those. I'm awaiting my copy of Poultrygeist, um, <laughs> which is a new picture book that's uh, come out this year for Halloween spooky times. Poultrygeist. I know it's just it's all in the name. I don't I don't okay. even know. I just I want it. <laughs> no, I think that. it's understandable. Um, so like I think everybody goes through periods. Like if you're a reader, you know, where you don't read or you can't find anything that's really that you can connect to. Um, but yeah. What are you reading, Abby? So I'm, I am technically between books, um, but I will, <laughs> I can give you an update because I did complete the book I talked about. <laughs> oh, yes, please. <laughs> <clears throat> so I did complete uh, Morning Glory Milking Farm. I can't even take the name seriously. <laughs> Oh, okay, keep going. <laughs> Girl, like, I'll never look at glass milk bottles the same way again, ever. Oh, my God. Did you see the uh, glass milk bottle in my fridge? No. Yeah, it's full of orange milk. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, you said, like, I know I heard this about this last night, and I'm making the same face I did then because. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my roommate uh, bought it. It's creamsicle or something. That's okay. I. Joe and her have had it, and I just, it's, I, with the color, is just like, it scares me. I'm like, that should be white. <laughs> and then, uh, anyway, sorry, go on. Back to Morning Glory Milking Farm. <laughs> no. I don't know like, what's more gross, orange-flavored milk or <laughs> drinking uh, Minotaur semen. I don't know which is gross, more gross. Okay, can confirm that that's not how the product works in the book. <laughs> product? <laughs> For the science side of it. Oh, right yeah. Now. We wanted to know the science. Yeah, of oh, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Explain. Yeah, no. So it is, in fact, like a Viagra. Like, ain't nobody out here. Well, okay. There's one person in there drinking. Yeah. You know, maybe. I regretted that as soon as I said it. Uh, okay. <laughs> instant regret. Is this a spoiler for the book? No. Okay. Like, no. Like the like, Viagra part. No, it has no okay. bearing to the. Okay. Okay. Go, keep going then sorry i'm not gonna read it i'm okay with you spoiling for me but just in case for our listeners i was like maybe we should edit this out but never mind keep going yeah no no like that has no bearing on like what actually is going on in the story that's just sort of <coughs> in the background so yes wow i wound up rating it four stars i do keep saying like it was a lot <laughs> um oh i did finally find out his name uh, the Minotaur, his name is Rourke, which can't, like, oh my god. Rourke? Because Rourke. he roars? The word roar was never used. Uh, lowing was used a couple of times. <laughs> I just, I don't want to yuck anybody's yums, but... I can't with the animal. <laughs> I feel like that's where I have to draw the line. <laughs> Squeak. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't I don't have anything for that. Yeah. Um yeah. But um like their like their relationship was super cute, their banter was super cute. It, it, yeah it is a lot to process a lot to wrap your mind around um they do I laughed so hard though because I know I mentioned before like for the first 30 percent of the book I had centaur and minotaur mixed up which was a logistical <laughs> nightmare in my head mm. and um that's gonna be the next book in the series there is a oh, I was gonna say because I was laughing really hard because at the end of the book at least in the ebook like there was a illustration of what I think Rourke is supposed to look like 
Um, and I was like, well, that would have been helpful at the beginning of the book. So anyway, I'm leaning hard into this genre. I'm I'm a little traumatized, but we're gonna we're gonna keep going. So the next book, I haven't started it yet. I'm pretty sure <laughs> it was recommended to me. I think Kindle's looking at all of what I'm reading and is like, all right, you weird bitch, here's this recommendation. <laughs> And so it recommended it to me and I immediately bought it like because of the title alone, like did not even read the summary first. So the title is Accidentally in Love. I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? (laughs) Can you please repeat that? I don't know that I can. (laughs) Here, here, I'll do it. I'll do it. Accidentally in Love. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, Is that what I think it is? With tentacles and, and things probably involved. Uh, I think so. So I have- so We have I Santa think. porn, we have Minotaur porn, and now we're moving on to tentacle porn? Is that what you're yeah. saying, Gabby? <laughs> okay. That's where we're at. So yeah, there are- Can we go back to the innocent days of Santa porn, please? <laughs> this may be the end of my journey. Like, <laughs> no, um, please continue on, because I, I love living vicariously. <laughs> I'm, I'm traumatizing myself for the humor of all of this. No. Um, th- so yeah, the title is Accidentally in Love <clears throat> by K.L. Hears, Hires. Um, the, the punch, not the punchline, Jesus, the tagline. <laughs> and it was the punchline. The wrong goddamn line. Oh, y'all, I've had a day. Um, so sorry. The tagline is a sucker for love mystery. <laughs> no. It's about a private investigator um and an ancient, ancient god. Oh, like Cthulhu, oh, Cthulhu type thing. Yes, it is Cthulhu vibes. Yeah. Like Eldritch terrors and shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me know how that goes. Does that make it better somehow? no (laughs) you're like oh okay okay god i'm on board uh so i will report back um i will report back to you Mm. and we'll we'll see if this is the end of the line for me in this genre this would be a really good prank um jessica my friend if you're listening turn this off this would be a really good prank to recommend to her husband Derek who's like been she told me he's been like reading all the Cthulhu things and I'm like oh here's one (laughs) I love that okay Jessica you can turn it back on now (laughs) oh man Uh, well I'm reading uh, Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid it's really good I'm reading it for a book club I facilitate at work and so there are some sexy scenes in it. And the book club I facilitate in, it meets at the senior center. So it's with some lovely older, older people. Um, and uh, every time I read a scene, I'm like, oh, this is, this is, oh, this is kind of hot. And they're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, what is the conversation going to be like on Thursday when we meet to discuss this book? um but yeah it's really good it's uh kind of the main character kind of reminds me of elizabeth taylor where you know she had multiple marriages um and she's beautiful and she's a a glamorous actress uh back in like the 60s i think is where most of us is set and she's telling her life story to this journalist and i have a feeling i'm gonna end up crying by the end of the book but I hope it's a good cathartic cry and I'm not sitting there sobbing. <laughs> but yeah, it's really good. And so I think this would kind of fit. We do, we have a prompt, you know, where it's like um, the historical romance, like the queer historical romance. Be gay, do crime. Yeah, I think this would fit. It's not a historic, I don't think it's going to be a romance where it's like with an HEA traditional romance in that way, but it is historical and the romance is a big portion of the book. There is a queer love story in it um and I'm really enjoying it I've only ever read one other book by Taylor Jenkins Reid and I loved that one as well it was oh my god Daisy Jones and the Six Six and I listened to that on an audiobook and it's it's a really good audiobook well let's get into the reading prompt part here so like we said it's birthday buddy is the one that we're going to go over today 
Um, we're going to pick, uh, we're going to go through the months, January through December, and we're each going to talk about an author who was born in that month, just to kind of give you options, no matter when you were born, hopefully you can get some ideas for this prompt by the end of today. So I will start with January. I picked Zora Neale Hurston uh, because we just had a junior storyteller video event type thing where um, we had kids and young adults either tell their own stories or uh, do book reports about different things. And this uh, young student did a book report about uh, the book that was like, that came out in 2018, Barracoon, The Story of the Last Black Cargo, uh, which if you know <laughs> anything about this author, um, she has long been not of this world because she was born in January, on January 7th of 1891, and she died in 1960. Uh, so she, in addition to being an author, she was also an anthropologist and a filmmaker, and she focused on like the everyday life and racial struggles of African-Americans in the early 1900s, and specifically in the American South. And she did some books on uh, and research into hoodoo. Her probably biggest, like most popular book that she wrote was Their Eyes Were Watching God, which was published in 1937. And uh, which is a story uh, about uh, an African-American woman in her 40s, just sort of reflecting back on her life. She was a big part of the Harlem Renaissance and she has a lot of different things to pick from. So you could read, um, she has, I think she's written plays and poetry and short stories. <clears throat> and she's written on all sorts of different topics. Um, and she's written some things that are like fiction and nonfiction, the essays that were put into the book that was released in 2018, the Barracoon book um, was, uh, I think, mostly nonfiction. And it was really interesting to me when this uh, young storyteller was giving her book report because I was like, oh, wow, like, I didn't know some of this stuff about the last slave ship because it was illegal at that time, but that didn't really stop people. They were still doing it. Um, and the ship actually, um, I think it was sunk, but some people still survived. It was just like, it was really interesting listening to her talk about it. And I was like, oh, I need to look more into Zora Neale Hurston and see like what her life was like in her books. So I definitely want to add one of her books on my to read list at some point. Maybe their eyes were watching God or um, yeah, maybe I'll read that Barracoon book. Um, but yeah, so she's a great one for if you were born in January, uh, I would highly recommend looking her up and seeing if there's something that you find interesting by her. Yeah, I uh, read Barracoon or I listened to the audiobook, um, and it's really good and it's a fast read. It's not very long. It's sad. And what's interesting was that she actually interviewed the supposed last survivor of um, who was on the ship. Um, so yeah, I would, uh, good choice. Uh, yeah. For February, I am recommending Toni Morrison, who's one of my favorites. Um, her birthday was on February 18th. Uh, she's probably most known for Beloved or The Bluest Eye, um, but she has several other books, um, Sula, Song of Solomon, Jazz, uh, quite a bit. And she passed away not long ago, just in 2019. Um, I've read three of her books. I plan on reading all of them. She also really explores the um, African-American experience um, and about families and the, the racism that is, you know, being Black and living in America. Bring tissues if you do read any of her books. Most of her books um, are really powerful. Um, they're haunting if you kind of want some a spooky book to read for the spooky season, I would recommend Beloved. It's kind of a ghost story. It's really, really good. Um, that one's been on my list for a really long time. Maybe I should bump that one up. It's good. That was the, it, first uh, one, the first one of hers I read. I want to listen to the audiobook probably. That always mm -hmm. gets me back into reading when I'm in a slump. Yeah. 
Yeah, me too. Um, but yeah, she's great. Um, she's one of those authors that I really wish I'd had the chance to meet. Um, but yeah, she's great. And so that's a good choice if your birthday's in February. If your birthday is in March, I'm going to recommend Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Um, he was a Colombian author. Um, oh, wait. Yeah, no. Born March 6, 1927. Um, and he passed away in 2014. So he's very, I mean, you, if you've taken any like high school lit or college lit, I'm sure you are familiar with the name. Um, he wrote 100 Years of Solitude, um, Love in the Time of Cholera. Um, and then he also wrote a lot of short stories and, and other things as well. I need to reread 100 Years of Solitude. I think I read it in high school and didn't have an appreciation for it. Um, so I need to reread that. Um, and But Love in the Time of Cholera is on my reads for this year. Um, he deals a lot with the notion of loneliness and being alone even while with other people and just sort of the human condition um he was very much a romantic and uh, a lot of his work has elements of magical realism um which i really love um so beautiful just beautiful prose um he also had a really interesting life sort of he was just one of those fascinating people he was a he was a journalist and he was an activist and into you know involved in politics <laughs> he was uh, apparently had some sort of friendship or acquaintanceship with uh castro so you know there's that he met his wife when they were children and so they had a lifelong a lifelong love just yeah he was just a really interesting guy um so i would recommend reading not only his works but reading about him uh as well 100 Years of Solitude also uh, got him a Nobel Peace Prize. So if you're cool. interested in that kind of thing, um, that is factual about him as well. Factual <laughs> <laughs> about him as well. Yeah. Nice. Uh, if you were born in April, you are in good company because so is Maya Angelou. <laughs> uh, Maya, Maya Angelou was born in, on April 4th. 1928. Um, she passed away in 2014 as well. It was the same year as, uh, as your author, Gabby. Um, so she is, do I even have to like explain who Maya Angelou is? <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like people know who she is, but she is uh, a famous poet, activist, memoirist. Um, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings is uh, her, one of her most popular works. Um, which discusses a lot of her personal life, and she has an interesting life. You read that book, right, Brittany? What did you think of that? I really enjoyed it. Um, it's not a fun read at times because it really explores um, her life. I think she has um, several books that are kind of memoir autobiographies, and that's the first one because it's like from when she's born her early childhood um, to her early, I think, adulthood. And then I've not read any of the other memoirs that she's written. Um, trigger warnings, there's rape, sexual assault. She was a, um, a sex worker. She, um, you know, she had a tough life, but like, she's like one of those amazing people where, um, or she was one of those amazing people where like every tragedy that she went through, she has like such a a beautiful way of like one writing about it but also just like the way she would view life and like the lessons that she would take from different things um so it's one I would highly yeah. recommend I really like to know where the cage bird sings yeah I particularly love her poetry I think one of mm -hmm. my favorite poems is still I rise by her mm -hmm. yeah yeah and I just kind of want to read like a small portion of it it'll be like our poetry episode all over again where it's just <laughs> us reading poems but um you may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I rise. 
I don't know. I just I fucking love it. Like, yeah. <laughs> like just her way with words. And especially what do you know about her life and what she's been yeah. through? It's very powerful. And um, yeah. And, and you could, you could read a book of poetry by her or one of her memoirs um, or even like, you could probably, I mean, you could just read like a speech that she gave or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> this is Outback Steakhouse over here. There's no rules, just right. <laughs> oh, goodness. So if you're born in May, uh, the one author I am recommending is Daphne du Maurier. Um, she was born on May 13th. I've only read one of her books, and it's Rebecca. So if you're wanting a mystery, um, kind of suspense, um, where there's twists in it, um definitely recommend Rebecca if you could also count it if you've seen the any of the movie versions because there's been several different adaptations yeah I guess you could read Rebecca for the um where it's like better what is it what was the book is better the book is better yeah the book is better prompt um but she's written several other books um I've not read them her other ones that are pretty well known are my cousin Rachel in Jamaica N and they're kind of more of the also mysteries classic I know a little bit about Daphne du Maurier um she had kind of an interesting life some people think that Rebecca's kind of a queer novel so she grew up in a time whenever uh people you it was just expected that you know you're straight everybody's straight if you're not you're a delinquent or a deviant um she was born in 1907 and she passed away in 1989 so she lived a long life but she was really passionate about her writing and um, she had a family, but she really this last, if I remember correctly, she wasn't really involved in like what people at that time thought parent mothers should be uh, doing with uh, as involved, as involved as they should be with their children. But yeah. So she's pretty fascinating uh, just as a person. And then of that time, um, but yeah, wish either Rebecca's kind of also a romance novel, but also not, <laughs> There's some toxic people in it. Uh, Yeah, it was good. I'd recommend that one. So for June, I'm going to go again. Uh, Sorry, Gabby, but I tried to stagger it so that Gabby could do uh, her own birthday month. (laughs) (laughs) Because I I thought that would be a cute thing. Um, And also because my favorite author, Octavia Butler, was born in June. Yeah, so Octavia E. Butler, science fiction author, recipient of multiple awards, the Hugo, the Nebula, MacArthur Fellowship. She was also a civil rights activist, and she, um, in her later life, she lived in the Pacific Northwest. She lived um, pretty close. I, I worked at a bookstore in the same town that she lived in. Uh, it was kind of bummed because she she passed away in 2006 and th- that was definitely that was before I had read any of her books uh, sadly um, but there's we have like a podcast from the Seattle Public Library still up on our website when she came and did an author talk in 2005 at the library and I'm like oh man if I had only lived up here and been working at the library I guess when I was 16 um, (laughs) (laughs) and living in Texas somehow I could have met her wouldn't that have been amazing but yeah so I I love all of her books she's uh, fantasy science fiction horror she wrote Kindred which is uh, the time travel book um, where Uh, a woman travels back in time to um, her ancestors who were enslaved and living on a plantation. It's a very like good book. I just really enjoyed that Mm -hmm. that book. Um, And then she also wrote Wild Seed and I, and I think a few other books in that series and Wild Seed is a really good book. It's kind of like, I don't know, I was watching, um, brand new cherry flavor which is like this show on Netflix and I started to freak out a little bit because I was like are they ripping off wild seed (laughs) (laughs) because like it's the story of um this uh these sort of like immortal beings that have these abilities like and her like the main character her ability is that she can shape shift into a cat And um, his ability is that he's like this immortal who like jumps from body to body. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen like 
a brand new cherry flavor, but that's like a big thing. There's like a cat who is like upset with this God who jumps from body to body. And I'm like, this is a rip off. Um, but cause she definitely wrote wild seed 1980, which was before the book brand new cherry flavor was written. Um, so that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, she's also, you know, the author of Parable of the Sower, my favorite book of all time, and the fledgling uh, vampire novel, which is chilling. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely like, I don't know, I, I loved that book um, because it was, there was a little bit of gore in it, but it was kind of a different thing. It, it felt more like world building to me than vampire books tend to be it was really just fascinating to see like her idea of what vampires would be like it could be like I was like this is really cool definitely love love her read everything by her nice I'm uh, planning on reading parable of the sour is it sower or sour sower like the bible parable okay you read what you sowed okay Mm -hmm. um so I'm planning on hopefully reading that this month for July, I'm going to recommend Earl Stanley Gardner. Um, he was born July 17th, 1889. He is best known for his Perry Mason novels, which is a set of mystery novels. But he also did a couple of other series, one of which I just found out about and apparently is about like this real badass plus size woman. And cool. I'm like, okay, ahead of your time. I hope I bought one of them. Some of them are really hard to find. Not all of them are like, uh, like as available as eBooks or even like in paperback that aren't like insane collectibles. Um, so <laughs> hopefully he represents plus size women. Well, we'll find out, but I grew up watching the TV show, Perry Mason. Well, reruns. I'm not that old yet. And finding out more about him was really fascinating. So He self-studied for the bar um, before he became a lawyer and like got into all kinds of trouble when he was in school in college. He got expelled from a college because he got into a fist fight with a professor. I don't know why. Like I tried to find out more (laughs) and like it's it's a known thing that this happened, but it doesn't say why he got into the fight. And I'm like, all right. And then he became a lawyer in the state of California, eventually became known for taking cases that other lawyers would not take. He would take cases of immigrants and poor people and women and other people and and people that other other lawyers would not represent at the time they were, you know, persona non gratis, so to speak. Um, Gardner did. And he also, there are lots of stories of him taking like hiring women to be his secretaries that like had gotten out of abusive relationships or suddenly ended marriages and like I have not found anything creepy about it like I think he was just a stand-up dude he also wrote a couple of books and I believe it was a short-term tv series way back in the day called the court of last resort um and he also wrote a book about that where he talks about taking these cases and sort of standing up for the little guy or people who were wrongfully convicted, taking their cases. And he lived on a ranch in California um, later in life. And that property now belongs to, now belongs to the Pechanga tribe in California, um, which is cool. And so, yeah, so these are older books. And so just as far as how they're written and style um so I will say that like his first Perry Mason novel was published in 1933 um so these are like classic mystery novels um he's also very prolific like there are 85 Perry Mason novels and then combined with his other works there are over 100 novels but yes Perry Mason is largely I think based on himself a lot of his Perry's cases are for the underdog, like there's no way we can win type cases, uh, which is what I think makes them them fun. So yeah, so that is Earl Stanley Garner, if you would like a very long selection of mysteries to pick from. <laughs>
if your birthday's in August, I am recommending James Baldwin. Uh, his birthday was on August 2nd. Uh, I have read The Fire Next Time, which he wrote, and it is phenomenal. Um, it is another book, and it, it's nonfiction, and it really explores racism in America. Um, he was an activist and a writer. He uh, also wrote several essays and he was a poet and he was a gay black man um, living in the U.S. and he passed away in 1987. Works probably that he's most known for might be The Fire Next Time. I know one of his books, If Bill Street Could Talk, was turned into a movie a couple years ago or a few years ago. I've not seen it, um, but I've heard it's good. Um, there's also Giovanni's Room, um, which was um, a novel about a, uh, a gay man uh, written in 1956. But yeah, his stuff is incredibly powerful. He, um, there's a quote that is attributed to him that I really love, and I'm going to mess it up. But it's basically saying that, you know, he loves America and he's proud to be an American. And because of that, he has the right to criticize it and to critique it and point out its flaws and show how it needs to be better but he is a writer that I think everybody should read everybody could learn from him and I would the, I would definitely recommend The Fire Next Time but he also has some fiction if you'd like to read fiction instead and that is James Baldwin yeah another great one for like lots of stuff you could pick from mm-hmm. so different genres and things for September um, I am recommending Laurie Arcane. Um, this is another mystery writer. I didn't always we- read weird romance novels, y'all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is a recent thing. Um, so Laurie Arcane uh, is best known for her Mary Russell and Sherlock Holmes series. Um, it is a long ongoing series. Uh, the Beekeeper's Apprentice came out in 1994. And the most recent entry in that series, Castle Shade, came out this this year. I was like, wait, what year are we in? 2021. Yes, this year. As I mentioned last time, I am a lifelong pretty much lover of anything Sherlock Holmes. The Mary Russell series takes a different spin on what happened in Sherlock Holmes' life after he retired. And the series focuses on their partnership and relationship. So Mary Russell is an original character by Laurie R. King. And she, at the very beginning of the series, is a young woman who's just sort of escaped her, not parent, um, but sort of like guardian figure who is very overbearing. She's extremely bright, extremely smart, but is sort of at a loss to like who she wants to be, what she can do with her life and where she wants to go. Literally falls across Sherlock in a field. They're very rude to each other. It's hilarious he thinks she's a boy at first and it's hysterical because she was you know back then uh so this would be late uh yeah very late victorian heading into edwardian times you know women had to sometimes dress like men to do what they wanted to do quick interjection um i went into spirit of halloween wearing makeup and uh the person said welcome in sir (laughs) (laughs) i was like (laughs) <laughs> bold choice i have fingernail polish and makeup on i mean i know some some men do those things but i was like wow all right <laughs> you know you live in seattle when right. <laughs> welcome in sir i just wanted to interject that i love that it's like i could like i'm just picturing like this person's like in their head it's like i don't know Let's play pronoun roulette and whatever. (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to stick with it. (laughs) Doubling down. That's right. (laughs) And so the series is really fascinating. And like, you would think it could just be like a simple pastiche series, like Sherlock Holmes in this new situation with this new partner, who's a young woman, which is interesting enough on its own. But because of Laurie R. King's background, I know she's degreed in theology, but I feel like also, I can't, sorry, I can't remember for sure, but something like with with women's studies, it very much addresses a lot with feminism of the time. One of my favorite books in the series is the second one, A Monstrous Regiment of Women, which really goes into like the movement for women's rights and 
and things during that period and how they were treated and looked at and how they had to move in secrecy and their safety. It's just fascinating. And it also addresses racism of the time and things that were going on with Britain and the Middle East. And it's really nuanced in a lot of ways. It's a lot deeper than just a murder mystery, but you also have your murder mystery or whatever the mystery of the book may be. Highly recommend the Mary Russell series, even if you're not necessarily a Sherlock Holmes fan, um, just because of the focus on Mary as a young woman. And then as she becomes older, like she ages through the series and their relationship changes. Again, very nuanced, highly recommend. For October, my birthday month, the spookiest (laughs) month, I picked one of my other favorite science fiction authors, Ursula K. Le Guin, Um, another Pacific Northwester. I think she lived in Portland, Oregon. Uh, Her uh, birthday was October 21st, 1929. She passed away in 2018. So she is the author of speculative fiction, science fiction, children's books, um, short stories, et cetera, et cetera. She's won awards, been lauded uh, for her work. Probably uh, the Earthsea fantasy series for kids is one of the big things that she's known for. I still haven't read them. It's I it's, it's the se- series I want to read for the read a childhood classic prompt for us. And I keep putting my weight for it on the ebooks at the library. And then like, for some reason, Libby doesn't notify me. And then like it expires. And that's like the third time oh. I've placed this thing on hold. It's annoying, but I will eventually listen to it. And uh, my favorite book of hers is The Left Hand of Darkness. I think it's a part of the Hainish universe, which is her universe of science fiction books. She also wrote The Dispossessed, which is another book in that uh, universe. Um, An interesting thing about The Dispossessed is that it's like a, a socialist utopian novel, which is kind of fascinating. Sometimes you get a lot of dystopian stuff around like socialism and communism you know like 1984 and stuff like that so it's like it's interesting to read a utopian novel kind of um looking at through the a similar lens she has stuff to pick from i will just put a warning um a lot of her adult science fiction stuff is very dense and kind of cerebral uh the dispossessed was really hard for me to get through because it was just very philosophical and scientific you know there was a lot of like talk of and universe building and, and stuff and sometimes it's hard for me to get into the nitty-gritty of that stuff in books uh, the left hand of darkness was a little bit easier for me to get into just because the story was so fascinating and the world was so interesting like the idea of this planet where people don't have uh gender until they need to express their gender for mating purposes which was just like hmm. super interesting <laughs> so you could read a wizard of earth sea which is a children's book, a little bit easier to digest um, if you if you have bad brain like me right now. <laughs> um, so you have some options. Yeah, I read uh, Wizard of Earthsea and I really enjoyed it. I haven't read any of the others in the Earthsea series. Um, and for November, which is my birthday month, I am recommending Neil Gaiman. He, he was born on November 10th. Kind of like my Angela and some of the some of the others. I don't know if I really need to explain who Neil Gaiman is. He's incredibly popular. He's written children's books, middle grade, comic books, adult. He does a lot of fantasy. Um, so some of his stuff has been uh, tr- adapted into movies and TV shows. He did the Sandman comic books. Um, did American Gods, Good Omens, Stardust, which was turned into a movie. That movie uh, was not very good in my opinion. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, I really liked it. I haven't read the book though. Oh, I, read yeah. I think it's because I love the book. It's one of those. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's written a lot of great stuff. Um, and he just seems like a really cool person. I wish I could meet him. He was married to Amanda Palmer, who I also love. She is a singer from the Dresden Dolls, which is one of my favorite bands from back when I was in high school. Um, And an interesting fact about Neil Gaiman I learned shortly before we started recording is he grew up in the Church of Scientology and his first wife he uh, met while she was 
I don't know, she might still be a current Scientologist, but while she was studying Scientology, and his family is a Scientologist, so interesting fact. He is not one, but I thought that was interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I think you cannot go wrong with Neil Gaiman. Like, if you like fantasy books, definitely recommend. The Graveyard book is amazing. Listen to the audiobook. It's mm-hmm. phenomenal, especially for the spooky season. Mm-hmm. Um, read it, read it, read it. So good. Um, but yeah, so that is who I will probably be reading for this prompt because <laughs> he is, shares my birthday month. So, so for December... Um, I'm going to recommend Noelle Stevenson. Uh, she is largely known for Nimona, which I believe, Amanda, you talked about for our graphic novel episode. Um, she also has the series Lumberjanes, and she, <laughs> she, they, um, she uses, I think, both pronouns, um, which I did not realize until I was looking. She is, they are the creator, showrunner, and executive producer for the new She-Ra and the Princess of Power series, mm-hmm. which uh, is kind of kick-ass. Like, I think there'll be 30 this year. I mean, way that's, that, you know, you, you go, because I ain't got nothing on that. <laughs> Her comics are are beautiful. Her illustrations are beautiful. She also did the artwork for the cover of uh, Fangirl by Rainbow Rowell. A lot of queer representation, a lot of focus on uh, friendships and relationships in her works. At, and I think at a very accessible level. Um, so I would definitely recommend for any, for any age, but especially if you maybe have a younger reader who is wanting especially Lumberjanes. Um, and there's also a chapter book series based on Lumberjanes as well, um, or that has the Lumberjanes characters. Yeah, I love I love the artwork and, and just the themes. Themes is the word I was trying to think of, of, of her work. I'm also really frustrated on her behalf because Nimona was supposed to be a animated feature for Disney um through one of their smaller studios and disney shut the studio down um yeah so maybe someone else will pick it up because i believe the nimona adaptation or animation was supposed to have a 2023 release so i think maybe some of the work was already done for it so maybe someone will pick it up but yeah if you would like something graphic novel related i would recommend noelle stevenson and all of her works I yeah I love her stuff mm-hmm. oh I also wanted to talk about how our next episode is going to be a spooky spooktacular <laughs> we're gonna take a break from giving recommendations for the reading prompts and just talk about some spooky stuff I don't know we'll yeah. have to figure out a format for it this year I don't know if we're going to do the same kind of thing we did last year where we just went around and shared some stuff because as as Gabby was saying last time it's like we kind of shared all of our favorite <laughs> stuff, but um, maybe we can figure something uh, new to talk about this year or kind of take a different tact. Oh no, we'll have to give it some thought. But it, if you want to send us a voice message, no one's taken us up on this offer yet, but you know how like <laughs> we had that episode about our, you know, your, your best friend's favorite book. They called in and left us a voicemail, which you can do too. The link is in our Instagram bio. So just clicky click and you can do it from your phone. You can do it from your computer and you can just, it just like beeps and you can leave a minute long voicemail. You can tell us what your favorite um, spooky October read might be and why. And we can put you on our show. Come on, do the work for us. That would be great. <laughs> Tell me what to watch because <laughs> I'm a weenie. So, <laughs> oh yeah. Read or watch. Yeah. Movies, TV shows. If you have any songs, cause I want to update that Halloween playlist. Ooh, yes. um, so just let me know. All right, we have reached the end of our episode and it's time for the one star Goodreads review. And I chose a book that I have never heard of, but had 65,000 reviews on Goodreads and four and a half stars 
so clearly people like this book and we are not ruining this author's day by pointing out this one star review. <laughs> um, it's Birthday Girl by Penelope Douglas. I chose it because it has the word birthday in the title and that's what the prompt that we're doing. Um, so the, the premise for this book, it is, I believe it's erotica or very heavy romance. And it's about um, a 19 year old girl who starts um, sleeping with her boyfriend's dad. You know, Gabby is nodding like she's read this. Have, have you, you read this? No, we thought maybe have, you had. I have not read it, but I was like, why does this sound familiar? Someone I follow on Instagram literally just talked about this book mm-hmm. and their stories. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, I know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I think in general, people like it, but this person did not. Um, <laughs> Their, their shelves that they put it on on Goodreads, I will just also say, absolute shit, not oh vibing, and then Y with four Ys dash me with two E's, which, you know, just is right there. I so, want a shelf now that's called not vibing. Not, yes. not vibing. <laughs> so uh, Saya, the small, sad, enigmatic baddie, rated it one star. Um, this was their review. I will sum up this book quickly. Birthday dumbass. In double parentheses or double brackets, it also goes on to say, dumb chick named Jordan threatens to pack and leave during 99% of the encounters with love interest. Bye! With a million E's at the end. Drops mic. Saya out. (laughs) 